0: That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com.
1: Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is ticket Ticket Ed. And this is the High Game Podcast.
0: Oh, the High Game Podcast is going to be
1: great. Yeah? What are we going to talk about?
0: More than you think.
1: Okay, that sounds pretty good. Where are you recording from, John? Well, it's nighttime. Yep. But I'm still in the basement. Yeah, I'm going on like 12 hours in the basement.
0: What you been doing down there?
1: Oh, you know, just doing work stuff. Feeding the gimp? Yeah, yeah. And then I went upstairs and had some chili in front of the TV, watched a little bit of Con Air. Oh. With, uh, you know, Nick Cage and Steve Buscemi. That's a good one. John Malkovich. Also a good one. Ving Rhames. Man,
0: nothing but good guys in there.
1: John Cusack.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The movie's stacked. Stacked. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer joint. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. I can't pre-dong him. We got to find out. Oh, he was born on my birthday. Oh. Man. Bruckheimer with The Rock, Crimson Tide, Con Air, Armageddon, Enemy of the State, Black Hawk Down, Pearl Harbor, Beverly Hills Cop. God damn this guy.
0: be in I'll burn my heart. Beverages. Beverages, Ed. Little little smashing pumpkins for you.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love those guys. The Billy Corrigans. Oh, Billy Corgan. You kidding? Yeah. Uh, I have a sparkling water today, John. Do you? That's it. That's it? That's it. Just a sparkling water. Out of the soda stream, even. Oh. It's in a mason jar, like a ball mason jar. Full to the top. Did you put flavor in it? Nope. It's just sparkling water.
0: Carbonated?
1: Yep. With the bubbles? Mm-hmm. Out of the soda stream?
0: None more plain. None more plain. Yeah. Tell you what's not more non plainer. Yeah. We have an announcement today, Ed. Okay. This episode... <laughs> this episode has a sponsor. Oh, my God. We got a
1: sponsor, Ed. Finally. Almost three years... And now we have
0: a sponsor. (laughs) We've made it. Is it a beverage? It is not a beverage. You know what it is, Ed? Tell me. Our new sponsor for this episode is El Enojado Hot Sauce out of lovely San Francisco, California.
1: Our friend, Kev, sent me a bottle. Yeah. And I think he made me a special one because my bottle says El (laughs) Enojado. It's... (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't say N. And it says, like, for the flavor, I got the Chipotle banger. So I think I might have some special one-off business over here. Chipotle banger. Yeah. I think that's special just for Ed.
0: I got to tell you, this stuff is super duper natural.
1: Yeah. You know what's in here, Ed? Uh, not wearing my glasses. Dried roasted Chipotle chilies, distilled white vinegar, roasted garlic. Yep. Hetch Hetchy
0: water. Yep coriander mine also has onion powder oh
1: mine doesn't
0: who's the special one now
1: well i mean the banger is probably more spicy did you try it i did i've been putting it in beans and rice i just got this and i'm like half a bottle down i've been putting it on everything this isn't the boner pill of hot sauces or well maybe it is it could be is it well, I got this stuff, <laughs> yeah, and I started putting it on. I don't want to know about what happened
0: after you got it. <laughs> Our man Kev Boyface, yeah, who makes this El Enajado, yeah, has put together a little promo code for all the viewers here on the High Gain. Okay, if you go to elenajado yeah, and put in the promo code High Gain, you get twenty percent off.
1: This is me, you know, top of my head. Yeah, it's El. E-N-O-J-A-D-O dot
0: com? It is. You got it, Ed. Yeah. L N O Hondo dot com. El Hondo dot com, yeah. Do you know what that means, Ed? I don't. El Hondo means the angry one. <laughs> it turns out our man Kev had a dad who played baseball in the 1950s in the northern Mexican Liga de Baseball. Okay. Yeah, he was a catcher for the Tecate team. That's cool. He had a habit of arguing with the umpires. Oh. That earned him the nickname El Enojado, or The Angry One. The Angry One,
1: as a nickname, is pretty good, you know?
0: So there you go. There's our sponsor. Yeah. El Enojado Hot Sauce.
1: El Anahondo. Get on board.
0: Guess what I got here, Ed? You haven't told me about your fucking beverage yet, dude. Oh, geez. You're right, Ed. I've got coffee. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> it's nighttime. I'm drinking coffee. Oh, my God.
1: I think you need more of it because, like, we have clearly established patterns. This whole sponsorship thing has thrown you into a loop. It threw us off. Us? Me? You, motherfucker. <laughs> I told you. We finish the song, and I go right into I'm having some sparkling water. Yeah. You go off on this whole sponsorship thing, which again, L N A Hondo, dot O.com. Yes. 20% off. Enter code HIGAN. Anyway, you're having coffee. I'm having coffee. Water and coffee. Classics way back. You have a Fender Stratocaster. I do, Ed. Maybe not like the one that Billy Corrigan used to record today. Right. But not not like that. Yeah, not entirely dissimilar. His was a 70s Strat that got stolen after a show in Detroit. Some dude picked up a guitar case and walked out the back door with Corrigan's Strat. That's how that would happen. Some woman bought it like 15 years ago at a garage sale for $200. Wow. And she brought it home because she thought it would look cool, like in a room. She didn't play or anything. And then it just went in the case and went under a bed. She, uh, she decided to sell it and she showed it
0: to someone and they're like, wait. Needless to say, no, this is not that. This is a brand new Stratocaster. And it's a new series. Yeah. This is the American Professional 2 series. Okay. You and I know that Fender has a habit of introducing all kinds of different series, and you can't keep track of it. Yeah. You get really confused really fast. I'm very confused already. Exactly. Yeah. Me? I stopped paying attention. Okay. But Uncle Frank over there at Thunder Road Guitars has this new series in. Okay. Released in October of this year, 2020 the American Professional 2 series.
1: We have this podcast about guitars. Yeah. And so we kind of know guitar stuff a little bit. <laughs> like A little bit. We kind of pay attention to stuff. This guitar is getting a lot of very positive press. People seem to actually like the Pro 2 for some reason.
0: Yeah. And so I thought, let's grab one of these and let's see if we can figure it out. Okay. You do not have a Strat. I don't. You know how many strats I have? How many? Zero. So between the two of us, we have zero strats. (laughs) Kind of experts. Yeah. Well, there was an American Professional series that started this whole thing, and that was in 2017, so not that long ago. Okay. But now we're in the American Professional 2 series, and they've stepped up their Stratocaster game in a couple of interesting ways. First thing I notice when I pick it up is the neck. The neck is really comfortable. Very smooth, not even a remotely sharp edge anywhere. It's noticeable. It's so comfortable.
1: Has Fender gone through a thing where it's like, it's 2020, we're ramping quality. Is that a thing or is it just, it's just a good guitar?
0: It's probably better for me to say, I don't know. Okay. I think in all the publicity, I'm sure they'll say like, we're awesome. Yeah. But you know, without any kind of evidence, I'm not going to sit here and shill for them. Right. A couple of interesting things happened on the lead up to this. Okay. Environmental conditions made the lighter weight swamp ash that Fender likes to use on its guitars in increasingly short supply. There was a beetle infestation in the south as well as excessive flooding in the Mississippi Delta where they get that swamp ash. Hmm. So they had to think about other ways of doing this. This is not to say they can't get it still. It's just much more limited, so they have to be careful where they use it. What's an ash tree look like? Does it grow in swamps? I'm looking up a picture of a swamp ash tree. What they did is replaced it with primarily alder and also roasted pine. Roasted. Even our man Leo Fender made a lot of his early prototype designs in pine.
1: Swamp ash is a common name for several North American trees in the genus fraxinus, which may grow in swamps and other wetlands. The wood of swamp ashes is relatively low in density and is used in the construction of musical instruments, particularly electric guitars.
0: There you go. Unless uh, there's a beetle infestation and flooding, I guess.
1: As of 2020, climate change is creating
0: a shortage of
1: swamp ash suitable for making electric guitars. Yeah. Holy shit. There you go. I have now read you the entire swamp ash Wikipedia
0: page. (laughs) That's the whole thing. Crazy. So now we're looking at pine and alder primarily, and they save the swamp ash for, you know, the special things. Wow. Man, the back of the neck, that thing is super duper smooth. They call it a supernatural satin neck. Okay. What does that mean? It means it feels really supernatural against your hand.
1: I did pick up that guitar, and it does play really nice.
0: It's got three single-coil pickups like you would expect. They're called V-Mod 2 pickups. Okay. They have staggered pole pieces. Pole bangers. Staggered pole bangers to account for the differences in volume coming at them from the different gauge strings. Additionally, though, each pole banger is configured differently metallurgically yeah to respond to the strings and even out that response even more who made the pickups tim shaw
1: the famous tim shaw the famous tim shaw it's no small thing that he actually changed each pole banger that's actually a bigger deal than we just made it out to be
0: right Let me show you something, Ed. Okay. This thing has a volume and two tones. Yep. And a five-way pickup selector switch, as you would expect. Standard. Position number one is just the neck pickup. Mm Mm-hmm. Two is the neck in the middle.
1: Three middle, four middle, bridge. Right. Bridge. Exactly. Yep.
0: Got it. But the last tone knob is a push-push-push knob push pull push push you push it once and it pops out you push it again and it pops back in oh okay push push i'm in the bridge position on the switch yeah and i'll just give you a little reference there now i push the push thing oh yeah okay what it does is puts the neck pickup into positions one and two
1: Oh, so you've got bridge and
0: neck? Yeah, so now you're in kind of Telecaster sound. Oh, weird. I'm in position one right now with that switch up, so I'm playing the neck and the bridge.
1: Oh, that's sick. I didn't know this. Yeah, okay. So what's it do in position three, four, five?
0: Three, four, five are the same. Okay. But position two instead of being the middle and the bridge is now all three one is bridge neck two
1: is all three yeah okay
0: i've got it turned off now i'm in position two which is the middle and the bridge got it hit that switch and i get all three pickups at the same time Know what else, Ed? No. The vibrato is new. Okay. It's a two-point kind of floating system, which makes it way easier to use, way more comfortable. It doesn't feel like it's this big stiff angled thing that you have to fight. Right. It just does what you need it to do. (laughs) We've got a pedal here, Ed. Yeah. So what do you got there? You play a chord, it's like a chord full of sand. This ed, yeah, is the new Recovery Effects shortwave pedal.
1: You know what we should do, John? What? We should talk to Greg.
0: You know, that's so cool that you said that, Ed, (laughs) because we actually did. Oh. Yeah. In the Wayback Machine? Yeah, in the Wayback Machine. Should we just go back in the Wayback Machine and have Greg from Recovery Effects tell us what's up with this thing? Ah, listen to that thing. It's like old school science fiction-y 1950s. Hey Greg, how are you? How's it going? Pretty good, thanks for showing up to tell us all about this new pedal of yours that we've been enjoying this whole time I'm excited to tell you about the shortwave We are excited too I've got it right here so you can maybe walk us through it a little more than we were able to walk ourselves through it Cool Whoa. Listen to that Ed
1: Yeah, I love it. I am a huge fan of the noisier end modulation end of the spectrum of pedals. Me too. This is kind of in my pocket. Did you get a chance to play around with it too, Ed? I didn't. John has hoarded it. I love it. The other day, he played probably for like 15 or 20 minutes before we recorded an episode and was just like, listen to this, listen to this, and feeding other pedals (laughs) into it and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So I've gotten a pretty good demo of it, but I haven't actually played it.
0: In your description, Greg, of this pedal, you mentioned things like wire recorders. Yeah. When my wife's mother moved to the United States from Sweden... Back in the 40s, her family sent her a wire recording of their greetings. Hope everything's going well in the U.S., all of that. The only problem was neither my mother-in-law or anybody she knew had a wire recorder. Oh, yeah. A couple of years before she died, I got a hold of a wire recorder and I transferred it. And she heard that recording for the first time ever. Wow. Wow. And that sound of a wire recording, the kind of staticky, backgroundy noise that you get with that, this pedal has it. It's great.
2: That's an incredible story. That's pretty cool. Is it literally a wire?
0: It
1: is. It's literally a wire. And how is it put on a wire? I don't even get that.
2: I have a hard time kind of understanding how it works, too, because it's not like a tape where it's flat up against a playback head. It's got to be constantly turning and winding around, so you would never really get it straight. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to control that. No, and I think that's probably why they sound so messed up.
1: Is it just a loop that just spins around?
2: It's just like a reel to reel. Oh. But it's literally a wire. It's really incredible. Wow. Even in their heyday, I bet you they sounded pretty trashed because (laughs) it has to just be spinning around and never really hitting exactly where it hit the record head. Right. I'm guessing.
1: This thing sounds terrible. Let me make a pedal that sounds like that. I love it. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Well, I've been really super obsessed with trying to destroy stuff in a really cool way. You know, I thought there was room to make something that really kind of like scratched the itch of that.
1: Can you tell John like where some of your settings are that you like, just so we can hear some kind of different tones out of it? Let's do the Greg
0: setting. Yeah. Tell me where to put it. The Greg setting. Yeah. Yes. I don't have one in front of me, so uh, start playing with it a little bit. Okay. For the listeners, there's a toggle switch that goes between type A and type B, and there are three knobs, velocity, exposure, and focus. So if I start with, let's say, type A, and I'll put all the knobs at noon. How about that? <laughs>
1: That's like chorus right? Like kind of a
2: seasick warble to it. Yeah, kind of vibrato-y. Yeah. The exposure, bring it uh, down a little bit. That. Yeah. (laughs) That's killer. And then maybe take down the velocity a little bit. Maybe even a little bit more. Maybe a little more on the velocity there. There you go. Yeah. Wow. You get that really kind of like cool extreme like tape warble thing. And that thing where it's just not really hitting the playback head.
1: <laughs> That's great.
2: Yeah, you have kind of a ring modulator you kind of sound. The type B is more of a bit reduction. Ooh, you want to go
0: to the type B side, Ed?
1: Yeah, bit mangling is kind of my thing. Reduce those bits? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm on type B. Yeah.
2: The exposure, take that down all the way once. Okay. And then kind of sweep through it to kind of show what that does. (laughs) That mode, I think, is more useful. It's more playable. I think that the other mode, A, is more extreme. I think it's kind of cool to use it as like even just kind of a unique fuzz mangler kind of thing. How would you dial that in? You can take, you know, the velocity down all the way and just kind of uh, not get much of that warble, and then the exposure, you know, it gets more extreme as you go to the left, so
0: Yeah, there you go oh. Feeding into it that I saved for this, a Recovery effects Pearl pedal Oh, yeah So if I turn that on
2: Yeah That's what I'm talking about right there. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, what delay do you have on there? This is a Strymon Volante. Oh, I love the Volante. Oh. Man, are you going to do more with that lightning bolt design? That's something that I've been doing on the uh, Eurorack panels. Yeah. A lot of people do it, make noise, I think kind of really started it and made it popular. Back in the day, you know, you're talking about Eurorack years, so that back in the day was only like a couple (laughs) of years ago. Right. If you were professional, you would have aluminum panels, but it was cheaper to do them with PCBs. All of a sudden, these people started doing like crazy stuff with uh, copper printing and things where you're letting the light shine through. Yeah. I started kind of getting into that for our Eurorack designs. More unique with the pedals is using PCBs for the faceplates. And so we started kind of messing around with exposing copper and letting light shine through them and stuff. So that's an introduction to, I think, some stuff that's I want to get really crazy with in the future.
1: When John got the pedal, he sent me a video of the lightning bolt, not lit up. He's like, ah, check this out. And then he lit it up. It's really cool. When you approached the shortwave, did you actually think like, I want to make a wire recorder emulator? Or were you playing and you're like, oh my God, this sounds like a wire recorder, like, you know, chicken or egg?
2: There was a couple things I wanted to do with it. Something that was a lo-fi wire recorder tape kind of emulator. And then also make it playable as well. Make something that wasn't just noise-based. You can just get crazy and whatever with it. But I think it's like really important for it to be playable as well.
1: When John was playing with it, he was kind of going through a bunch of settings. I wouldn't say any of it was unplayable. Every sound he got out of it, I would think like, yeah, there's totally uses for that.
2: If the exposure is low, it can get pretty unplayable, but in a cool, kind of a cool way, I think.
1: I'm super into unplayable. Like that's, that is kind of my jam.
2: (laughs) The more something is unplayable, the more an experienced player can mess around with it too, and then just create sounds. And that's the way you become a better player. All is good, right?
1: I really like getting a new pedal, plugging it in and having that kind of unplayable thing where you have to play to the pedal. You can't expect like, oh, I'm going to do Sweet Home Alabama and it's going to sound awesome.
2: Yeah. The Bad Comrade was like that for me. I was trying to come up with the cutting room floor, but the Bad Comrade was an accident. And so that actually came first. Speaking of unplayable pedals, that can be pretty (laughs) unplayable in a cool way.
1: The pedal that John has that I don't, and I just love it, the Phantom Operator. Oh, yeah. Man, that pedal kills me. It's so good. That one lives permanently on the board. What?
2: That's awesome. That's super cool.
1: Is there anything that you have in your brain that you haven't done
2: yet? Dude, there's a list of stuff, and um, for... 2020, we did six releases. Wow. So some of these things have been just redoing them for Vue or just like, you know, V2 versions or whatever. But there's just so much stuff that's on the table that I want to do. I literally have like a list of, of things and it's kind of a cool problem to have. Uh, you know, like six years ago or so, all I had was time. Right. Things started really kind of turning the corner around 2013. 2021 is going to be so cool. There's so much stuff I wanna get into and it's gonna be fun. The
1: gallows in the morning, that pedal is a sweet spot of like reverb and fuzzy overdrive, just killer. Yeah.
2: One of the really cool things about that pedal I think is that the reverb is separate from the main signal. So you get this really kind of ghostly, like clean reverb with it, with distortion, which is really unique. I've never really heard an effect do that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get this clean reverb sound. It's just your clean guitar.
1: You were saying that you had a pre order for the shortwave.
2: So, yeah, the first ones will go out next week, which will be like the 7th of December. And then the rest will go out after that.
1: So you're just sitting in a basement, a garage somewhere, and just like soldering iron in hand and cranking them out?
2: Yeah. With Zara, my wife, and we'll listen to a lot of podcasts. We listen to a lot of high gain.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) We have a question we've asked a couple times here. Three desert island pedals. Ooh. Today. Right now.
2: If I was being shipped off to an island right now. Yep. Can they be my own stuff?
1: Sure. Absolutely.
2: Okay. Because right now I take the shortwave. I really love the shortwave for getting that lo-fi, crunchy, messed up thing that you're going to feed into number two, the Volante.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Nice. So you would put it before the Volante, almost like dirt. Yeah. Okay. I like this chain so far. I'm into it.
2: And then I think right now I'm just obsessed with the blooper. Yep. Yep. That setup doesn't even give me a freaking tuner. Can I take a pitch pipe <laughs> with me too?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that one's free. Where does the word recovery come from as the name of your pedal company?
2: Back in the day, I had a basement studio, recording studio, and I started calling it the recovery room just as a you know, place to go and get away and had this kind of like cool, like medical reference to it, you know, take your cares away, go to the recovery room. Cool. Play some guitar, record some stuff. So when I started doing effects, just because that was already there, I used Recovery Effects.
0: Yeah, there you go. Hey, so you mentioned that you're going to start shipping the pedal, but by the time this airs, that will have happened. So where do people get the pedal? Where do we get a shortwave?
2: The best place would be recoveryeffects.com. And there's some stores that will have them in stock by the time that this airs. Empire, Guitars, Patchworks in Seattle, Austin Guitar House, Perfect Circuit.
0: And those are all listed on the website? Yes. You heard that, viewer. Go to the website, check out the shortwave. You've heard it now. (laughs) What are you waiting for?
2: Press that Buy It Now button. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, you've got a pretty strong Instagram feed, I would say. Yes.
2: That's all, Zara. Cats and plants. (laughs) Yeah, cats and plants and pedals.
1: Yeah, I'm very into
2: it. She does the website and Instagram, and she does uh, soldering, too, and assembly and shipping and all sorts of stuff.
0: Love it. Okay. I hope you've learned something, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, viewers. <laughs> viewers. Greg Markle from Recovery Effects, thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you so much for having me on my favorite guitar podcast, High Gain.
0: Yes. Even if you don't mean it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> To think of that, Ed.
1: I thought that was pretty sick. Greg is a great guy. He is, and they're doing fantastic things over there. Greg and Zara. Yeah. After we finished that interview, we ended up just chatting. And Greg mentioned that he was from Nebraska, and I lived there for about a year, year and a half. The whole Ed saw a bunch of concerts in a bowling alley. Yeah. Greg and I were in the same bowling alley watching Camper Van Beethoven together. We watched the Red Hot Chili Peppers together. We watched The Replacements at Peony Park, this venue in Omaha. Whoa. A guy I used to play D&D with in Omaha is like really good friends with Greg. So we even know some of the same people, you know? And then we meet 30 years later in seattle on a guitar podcast weird
0: isn't that great
1: yeah okay so what else about this
0: guitar is push push better than push pull i'm not gonna stop in the middle of something and have to pull this knob yeah tap it in tap it out tap it in tap it out tap it in tap it out
1: they'll have like a display at a kia of a chair And then there's that robot that's just like pressing a robotic ass into the chair. (laughs) Every two seconds, another robotic ass is going into the chair. You know, how much wear can this chair take? And so they just have this machine running that simulates a 200-pound ass over and over again into it, right? (laughs) You're with me on this, right? I'm with you. Almost certainly... Fender has a finger machine that's just like finger blasting that button over and over again. You know what I'm saying? That push-push thing. I imagine Fender has pushed that button like 37 million times at this point because they just have some machine just like finger-banging that thing over and over again. (laughs)
0: This thing just feels great and sounds great. I would buy one of these.
1: I think the Strat is next on my list. Yeah. So that thing comes in black with a mint guard? Is that right? It is. I would want black and then maybe just go right out
0: and buy a black pick guard and black plastic. I think I would do the exact same thing. Yep. Got it. Well, viewers, the verdict for me anyway for this brand new series... Is that they're great. Thumbs up. That is a jam-packed episode.
1: Oh, my God. Sponsors, interviews, beverages, guitars, pedals. The people are going to be so blown away by this one. They're going to be raving.
0: They're going to go buy hot sauce. Yeah. They're going to order a pedal. And then they're going to go take a look at these new American Professional 2 Series Stratocasters. And, and, Ed is
1: maturing. Ed is opening up. Go buy a brand new Fender.
0: It'll be great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Go to the webs. We're thehighgain.com. Yeah. Patreon.com slash thehighgain.
1: Thehighgainpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Leave a review on iTunes. That supposedly helps us.
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard.
1: E-L-E-N-O-J-A-D-O dot com.
0: El Anahado, yes. Yeah. Okay, see ya, Ed. Bye.